for those of you watching live, thank you for being patient. There's something about um, AirPods and me and misplacing them and not being able to get this thing started on time because I'm running around my house trying to find my AirPods. It's also weird because I'm literally just talking to a screen and no one else. There's nothing coming through here, but I can't physically do a stream without having the noise canceling uh, headphones in. So we're here today to talk about some DraftKings. I'm actually really excited to talk about uh, some DraftKings strategy. I've been drafting a ton on DraftKings so far this year. They have a ton of best ball offerings, and I don't think it's getting talked about enough. And there's a lot of really interesting strategies that we can take specifically on in their Millie Maker, in their single entry contest, right? They offer a lot of interesting contests that we can talk through some strategies. So that is what we are going to do today. Listen, it wouldn't be content if we didn't have FF Doom saying I forgive you, Ivan saying no worries, and Rob saying Jesus Christ in the chat. Pretty fitting fitting start that, um, well, I, it is really fitting because the people that I, uh, opinions I care about are forgiving me, we're on the same page, and Rob, I don't need to say what Rob is. Obviously kidding. Love Rob. But don't ever type that shit again into the chat. We're here to talk about DraftKings. Like I said, I do really think, um, you know, there's this weird aspect of the best ball industry that, you know, this whole thing is blowing up. Everybody's doing drafts all the time. There's a If you want to watch a draft stream, there's a friggin' draft stream to watch every single day. There's strategy content everywhere. Thank you, Bullock. Uh, there's everything, right? And, and, and the main thing is like draft streams and strategy content is just everywhere. But it all, and like, this is not necessarily um, meant as a slight on anyone. It is meant as everyone all is focusing on the same thing. Everybody's talking about underdog because we all agree that it is honestly a lot more easy to it's it's much easier to draft on underdog it's a it's a better user experience um we love we love everything about underdog we're not we're not there's nothing we have to say negative about underdog but everybody's all focusing on the same thing and the issue is that from a strategy perspective if you are trying to apply the same principles concepts player takes <clears throat> adp everything from underdog to DraftKings, that's 100% a losing proposition. You're never you're never going to have a draft go similarly on DraftKings as you will on Underdog. And we can we can joke about DraftKings with the fact that there isn't even a draft board when you draft that it's built into their their DFS app that it's not the best experience. I totally trust me. 
I've drafted as much on DraftKings as anybody in the last couple of years. Uh, we had the ticket fiasco a couple of years ago, which we don't need to get in, into anymore. We talked about it on a, a, a show a while back. Uh, go back and watch that, which I believe is uh, uh, on this channel, How to Play DraftKings Best Ball or something like that is the title. But you can go back and watch that where the, the ticket thing is discussed, which won't be happening again. Like there's a lot of, there's you know, there's been a lot of almost like negative connotation around DraftKings. However, as much as we love underdog, as much as we love drafters, I do love drafters. I'm very excited for drafters as well, which we will get into a show as well. Uh, teaser for next week. We will get into a drafters show. DraftKings is is the biggest company in this space. <laughs> they're putting out, they're putting out, tons of contests they're an infinitely bigger company than than underdog and there's more players playing on DraftKings. they have a contest that has almost a million entries in in it their five dollar millie maker which also has almost three hundred thousand entries already it's it's filled almost three hundred thousand entries and so we do need to take i think DraftKings a little bit more serious in our space even though it's not, you know, necessarily the perfect like drafting scenario or a uh, uh, drafting experience, and so I, w- I really wanted to talk about it today because, like I said, I've been drafting a ton, mostly on DraftKings recently, actually. And um, yes, one hundred percent. Lundar said there was a new. There was, I believe today. I believe today. I haven't been like, I haven't been like monitoring it that closely, but I believe today DraftKings just launched another. New $25 tournament. Uh, it, so it is an, it is a, let's, let's, uh, I will run down a little bit of this in a minute, but we can run down really fast. The um, tournament offerings on DraftKings. I can just share my screen actually. You can, you can also tell <clears throat> here in a second, once I get this share up that I have played zero dfs i've i have i've stopped playing uh dfs uh on, on DraftKings so far this so far uh this summer mlb mlb has uh bankrupted me you see look at all these contests right just from a tournament so they're, they're if you want to play you know the sit and goes or whatever they have those for you uh the, there's a a five dollar out here a five dollar three man that's already out there right there's a a twenty dollar that needs one person they have if you want to play the cash game stuff they have the cash game stuff but from a tournament perspective um get this damn thing to go away on the screen not gonna go away it appears we're gonna we're gonna refresh this. Really, really, just promoting uh, all the positive aspects of DraftKings. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different tournaments, all available on DraftKings right now. Right? Like I said, we love drafters. We love underdog. There's like one or two available at any given in time on those varying price points i I do want to say shout out i know this is a DraftKings show shout out to drafters for launching the two dollar tournament which is which is pretty awesome but DraftKings also has the three dot their three dollar 20 max as you see here the play action so a three dollar tournament with a three hundred thousand dollar prize pool is 
pretty insane, right? <laughs> is 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 pretty insane. Th and and it's a really flat payout structure for the people that you know really care about how flat the payout structure is. I mean, only ten percent of the entire price pool goes to first place. That doesn't really happen in this in this industry. So you know, and it's twenty max, right? So you don't have to run up against people that are doing one hundred and fifty teams. There's they have everything here on DraftKings. If you would like to play in the higher stakes, uh, this 555 is, is is really appealing, in my opinion. Um, there's only been 118 entries I'm holding out for my uh, 555s. I'm probably only going to do maybe 10 or so, but uh, that's I'm actually really excited for those drafts. You really want to get crazy and get into the luxury box, you know, a $2,100 entry with only 72 um, entries. That's really fun. That, let's, let's actually look at that really fast because I didn't put this on, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But you see, obviously, this is one of the most unique. Uh, uh, Tanner Tolbert is the only person in here that is absolutely hilarious. Um, so you know, you you in you get into like a super high stakes best ball league. You advance from your twelve man league, and then it's like, look at this. From there, the hardest part is this from a probability standpoint. You have to get top two in your 12-man league and then finish top three in a six-man group, finish top three in a six-man group, and then there's only three people that make the final in the in the 2K tournament, right? So they have offerings for for everything. You, you want to get into single entry, right? We have a $12 single entry. We have, there's a, another yep, $15 single entry here and a $200 single entry. And then again, as we said, we have the, the big behemoth, right? Which is the $5 uh, maker, which is, we're going to get into in a minute, is, is wildly different than every other tournament on DraftKings, but also wildly different than every tournament in the entire in the entire industry, as you see here, like I said, which we'll get into is a almost a thousand, a thousand man final, but there's all these different offerings, right. For us as best ball players on DraftKings, And so it's important to talk about, um, uh, I am not going to do a draft on the show, Andrew, we're just going to hit some of the, uh, the strategy elements to the various, um, both the various tournaments and just DraftKings as a whole, but I am going to do a couple of DraftKings drafts over. I mean, we got 60 days leading up to, to uh, the NFL season. There will definitely be DraftKings draft streams uh, starting soon, actually. So uh, I'm thinking about doing one, doing the Monday stream as a DraftKings draft. Um, and shout out to Tony here. Uh, AKA Felix, uh, winner of the DraftKings Millie Maker last year, who I'm sure is drafting tons of uh, <laughs> of uh, DK teams, and it is funny. He says, "I'm 50 percent. Uh, you're are you 50 percent of the the twenty dollar? Because uh, uh, if that's what you're saying, sorry, Carlos. See ya. Uh, I know you're. I know you're kidding." Um, so anyway, let's talk about DraftKings, like general, like absolutely 
like high level strategy, right? So the, the, the first thing I'll say is that you kind of start at this high level strategy on that site when you start to dig into this. And then as you guys saw, they've specifically DraftKings has very, very different tournaments with different formats, different payout structures, different everything. And then you have to tweak that, that high level macro strategy and work your way down to apply it to that tournament. And again, that $5 millimaker that they have is like, <laughs> like you can't play the $5 millimaker the same as you play the $3 20 max. And you definitely can't play it the same way you play the, as the $2,000 tournament. And you can't play it the same way as you play the set $12 single entry, right? These are wildly different tournaments. And so it's important to know. And that's why I wanted to do this specific show because it's like <clears throat> when we do underdog stuff, people just like, just like do a draft. They just do a draft. Right. And I, I do this too. This is, this is, this is a knock on all of us. You just do a draft and who do you like? What kind of structure do you like? You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. We go through the same bullshit on every draft stream or strategy discussion as it pertains to like an underdog draft or whatever. But like, and, and I don't even think that's necessarily wrong because it's like, yeah, best ball mania and the puppy are different, but like how different specifically, generally the payout structure is close enough. You know, ADP might be a little different or there's some little different nuances, but it's not that different. And so you know, it gets a it gets a little vanilla when we're doing the 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 same underdog draft over and over. But I do think on DraftKings, it is pretty damn different between you know, especially again, like I said, between the five dollar millimaker and and then like working your way down the ladder, right? The the three dollar twenty max. Uh, Tony says like the twenty dollar one fifty max, the twenty five dollar one fifty max. Then, uh, you know, if you want to get into the high stakes stuff, those are wildly different. Every tournament is, is pretty different, or there are at least tiers of tournaments that are different on DraftKings, which, which require not necessarily like a drastically different strategy, like certainly not, but a different line of thinking for sure. And I think it's really important to, to discuss why that is, how we can think a little bit differently and, and like, you know, some of those kinds of specific nuances for um, those, hold on, let me find my, I have way too many tabs open now. I'm trying to find this uh, page. I'm trying to, I'm trying to share. What a fucking mess. I gotta, you gotta put it into a slideshow mode. It's Google slides. So anyway, DraftKings NFL best ball strategy. So starting at the super high level, right? And please, before I dive into this, when you have thoughts, when you have questions, when you have comments, when you think I'm an idiot, or when you have an insight, right? Obviously, Tony, we're all interested in what you have to say, having won the Millie Maker last year. So please share your thoughts. Anyone else that has thoughts, share it like this is this is not just a a, a preaching exercise. This is a conversational exercise. So, uh, yes, this is funny. GA says single entry is interesting. Paul says, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the single entry tournaments. We are definitely going to talk about that because it is a definitely a big, it's very different. 
it's a, it's funny because some of the other tournaments that are not single entry are still formatted similar to single entry so we can kind of lump them together but like i kind of have single entry high stakes i think those are lumped a little bit close together <clears throat> but then you have the five dollar millimaker and then you have the other mme contests right so it's almost like three different groups you have the five dollar millimaker is its own beast it is so different <laughs> that like it absolutely has to be treated differently then you have single entry, and I think the high stakes are close enough to single entry. Now, the only caveat being the, the $555 tournament is someone can enter it 59 times. The max entry is 59 times, and it's not that small of a field. So it's not quite the same, but from a payout structure perspective and from uh, how many teams make the finals and all of that, it's it's kind of close enough. So I kind of lumped the, the high stakes and the single entry together with some caveats, which we'll get into. But then you also have these other, the 20 and the $25, what I call MME. If you don't play DFS, MME stands for mass multi-entry, meaning you can enter it 150 times. You can put 150 teams into that, into that, those tournaments. And I think those are kind of like a different, they're closer to the single entry aspect of things, just given how crazy that $5 tournament is, but it's like a blend between the two. Right. So, uh, Tony says he's at 75 entries on the $20. How many are you on the, the $5? Uh, the Millimaker. Curious. Curious to hear. Yeah, and he says there can only be 115 people who max it uh, in the $20 one. So uh, I'll see you in them streets. Me and you. Also only 113 people other than us. Um, so So if we start at the like super high macro level about DraftKings, right? Th that's our, that's the most important part. We've kind of buried the lead a little bit, but uh, I brought my, I brought my uh, DK. Uh, I brought the DK gear out. My shirts are dirty. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the shirt, but I do have, the, I do have the, which, which side I do have the DraftKings hat going on. Uh, only 24. See, we've taken opposite approaches. Tony has done only 24 of the $5 and a lot in the $20. And I've done none in the $20 and just like only been focusing on the $5. Um, so, which is another interesting strategy. And as you see here, draft timing, which we'll get into. So anyway, DraftKings at the high level, right? We talked about the contest specific stuff, which is super important, but you kind of have to start at like, how, how do you play on this site? Generally speaking, right? And if you've never played um, DFS on DraftKings, the scoring and stuff like that might be a little bit um, different or or foreign to you. I should have um, actually shared a different screen. I apologize to talk through this part of it. So this is this is uh, this is premium content on SpikeWeek.com. So you're getting a little a little free peek behind the curtains but uh, we do um i do a, a what i call a playbook for every single tournament i am lumping the single entries and stuff together on DraftKings. i started writing that today um and naturally they launched another tournament <laughs> today when i started when i started writing that but um 
I'm pulling this up because it, it'll show you some of the like scoring and, and different stuff like that. It's, it's, it's very long and very detailed about how you should approach the, uh, the $5 millimaker. We won't go all the way down, you know, to, to, to look at everything, <clears throat> but there is a kind of the scoring piece here is, is important. So on DraftKings, like I said, if you haven't played um, DFS there, it is their DFS, their NFL DFS scoring for their best ball product. What that means is that it is fairly traditional uh, fantasy football scoring, full point PPR, four points for a passing touchdown, right? Six points for a receiving and a rushing touchdown, etc. Ten point, uh, one point for 10 yards, you know, and then obviously uh, fractional points, blah, blah, blah. But they also have what you see here, 100-yard rushing game, 100-yard rushing game. I, this is an image, so I can't uh, highlight it. 100-yard rushing game plus three points. Uh, what the hell just happened to my computer screen? 100-yard uh, rushing game plus three points. 100-yard receiving game plus three points. 300-yard uh, passing game plus three points. So those bonuses are a, are a fairly big deal. So then when you compound the fact that it is a full point PPR site and you get these bonuses and two of the three bonuses are passing related in modern day NFL, which has become much more of a passing league, right? You compound these things. Sure. It's not a big deal. You know, you're going to score like the, the highest scoring team in your league uh, every single week is going to score, you know, in the low two hundreds or something like that, or just, just a ballpark. Let's just call it 200. So like your quarterback gets, gets three extra points and let's just say uh, almost everyone on your team gets the bonus in your starting lineup, right? You score 200 points. It's a lot of passing. Like it's not, it's not a lot of the extra points from the bonus, but it's kind of correlated, right? That your the passing game is driving so much more of the scoring. Now, as as Tony says, running backs who can who can get both are valuable. Those just don't really exist, and that doesn't really happen very often. There's one Christian McCaffrey. I know he's going to mention Najee. If you say Najee, I'm going to ban you. Not really, but if you say Najee, just don't, just don't, please, just don't, just don't fucking say Najee. So, but the the premise is generally speaking with that uh with that scoring it's passing game related right there's multiple bonuses that are specifically related to the passing game only one that is specifically related to the running game of which there are going to naturally be less of right there are going to be more 100 yard receiving games than 100 yard rushing games in any given week. There's just more receivers and there's more passing yards that happen in a given week. And so this, that like, this scoring is like super important. I do think, uh, uh, as Kyle says, an important CMC is very much, uh, kind of a, uh, a rule breaker, a rule breaker on, on, on DraftKings. We'll kind of see what, I'm very interested to see what what um, this new situation for CMC means. 
And by new situation, I mean uh, Matt Rule and uh, God damn it, what is the what's their new offensive coordinator's name? The old Giants coach, uh, whatever, not important. But they 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 fired Joe Brady, you know, a really brilliant offensive mind, and they brought in uh, uh, you know a, another dusty coach to pair with with Matt Rule, and it's like, and then they brought in Baker Mayfield, which is like not the world's best fit, but. Christian McCaffrey's profile is obviously uh, a unicorn, basically, <clears throat> in uh, in the modern day NFL. However, I wanted to talk about the scoring thing because I think it goes a little overlooked, <laughs> honestly. Like you still see lots of, and I'm not saying don't take early running backs. We'll get into uh, next the draft environment, but it, it's not it's not to say don't take early running backs because actually there are. Uh, thank you, B. Kurt. B. Kurt says uh, Ben McAdoo. Uh, that's the offensive coordinator for the Panthers now, which is just what a disaster. Um, it's not to say don't take early running backs, like I said, which we will get into, but it is to say if you're just treating this like any old ho hum draft where, like, oh, yep, I'm going to draft my running backs early, you know, it's kind of crazy to me. Some of the running backs that go where they go, the Henrys and the Chubbs and I know Mixon caught quite a few balls last year, but it uh, all all the 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 reporting and stuff is kind of anti Mixon as a pass catcher and every down back. There's a lot of guys that go super early that like don't really play to the scoring format, um, and so it is something I I believe that is like. One of the most important, like before we get into any of this other stuff about DraftKings strategy, the number one thing to remember is that it is full point PPR with three bonuses. Two of the three bonuses are passing related. Two of the three bonuses that are passing related are also correlated like from an upside perspective. If, if your quarterback, if Joe Burrow is throwing for 300 yards and throwing a bunch of times, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd are probably catching multiple passes, which is a point for every time they catch the ball and they have a better shot at the hundred yard bonus. They also probably have a better shot at more touchdowns. It's like so many of the elements play to the passing game. And so that's really, really important to keep in mind when we are talking about, about DraftKings. And I just feel like it's not like, I, I, I certainly haven't solved uh, world hunger on, on DraftKings. Tony kind of has. He is obviously he won seven figures on this site last year and he had some early running backs. But as you saw with his early running backs, uh, particularly Najee Harris, he caught a lot of passes. So he benefited from the scoring format as opposed to um, some guys that, you know, I, I believe you also had Chubb, which is funny because he's like very anti um, this thing that I'm talking about here. But when you, when, when, <laughs> When you have like 75% Cooper Cup, uh, Debo Samuel, and all all the right guys, I think Nick Chubb will be just fine on the teams that you had. But you get the point. It's very passing game heightened, right? Very passing game heightened. Bullock. Um, let's go back to... This guy. So we talked about the scoring. And we, we talked about the scoring for probably too long, but I really do think it was like 
super important because you guys probably understood most of you guys watching this probably like already understood the scoring, but like to hammer home what that even like really means, how much, like how important that like, think about like a, a ceiling exercise. Like, cause when you think about uh, uh, week 17, you have to think about the ceiling stuff. It's like, if all the highest outcomes from this scoring format are passing related, what does that mean about the team that I want to have when I get to week 17? Right. Nope. Everybody just drafts and they're just like, oh, I like this guy. I like that guy. Whatever. They don't ever um, think about like truly what that what that scoring means. I don't know what 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 did you say about about David Bell? What am I missing? Well, like just got David Bell at pick 240 on DraftKings. Are there 240 picks? I guess is that the last pick? I'm bad at math. Um which makes the variance of DK draft rooms even more tilting. Yeah, definitely. That is that is an absolute fact. Anyway, before we move on, let's hit some of these comments. Sorry, I was not trying to ignore anyone's uh, anyone's comments. Rob said he fired at the, the $15 single entry today and uh, got Jamar Chase at seven. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into this. Doom, my brother. Let's see. DPR says I got insane value when the $5 DK tournament launched like Bateman in the ninth round. Jeez. Yeah. It, 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 we'll get into that a little bit too. <clears throat> when we get down to the tournament, to the tournament formats, it's interesting uh, with those tournaments and with DraftKings in general, Kyle says the craziest thing is wide receivers are so much better on DraftKings. Yeah, this is, this is it. This is this is a perfect segue. Thank you for posting this. This is the perfect segue into the draft environment thing where it's like I just spent 15 minutes or whatever talking about like a passing game, you idiots. And then as Kyle says, all the wide receivers go later. All of them go later on DraftKings than underdog. It's crazy. Sometimes you can get uh, Rob said he got chase, uh, you know, later, like several. And that's that's just a few picks in the first round. But like um, I st like I said, I started the playbook for the single entry. Um, single entry slash, you know, high stakes, whatever tournaments on DraftKings on Spike Week. And a guy put Garrett Wilson on the cover. Of the, of the article. And it was like kind of because of what Kyle said. It's like wide receivers are so much better here. We know we want, you know, youth. We want upside. We want all this kind of stuff. And Garrett Wilson goes in like in the 120s. It's like, what are we doing with 11th round Garrett Wilson? He was the 10th overall pick in the NFL draft. And he goes, you know, and he goes so late. He's uh, Garrett Wilson is guaranteed to suck because the, uh, the player that he reminds me of last year, not like, like player comp. But the guy who I was just like, why does he go so late on DraftKings? It was Will Fuller last year, who was like, I had like 60% Will Fuller on DraftKings or something like that. Obviously, that did not work out. But he was like going in the 120s, 130s, whatever. And he was going in like, got steamed up on, on underdog. But to that point, draft environment. It's hard to describe a little bit the uh, DraftKings draft environment, but let's 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 call it soft and peculiar. So there are players 
on DraftKings who probably if you're listening to this show, you are um, not super interested in that go much higher than, you know, anywhere else. <clears throat> I can't think of anybody it, dead zone running backs, typically that kind of a thing. Um, maybe some lower upside quarterbacks, the Kirk cousins and Derek cars of the world, um, which we'll get into the quarterback thing in just a second. But there are guys who either, you know, we're just not generally interested in for fantasy or are not super high upside picks or whatever. They just go a little bit earlier than, than maybe they should. Like if you look and, and I don't, and I'm, it's not like knocking necessarily any of those guys, but it is, if you go look across any rankings, any strategy content, it, not just here, go wherever your other favorite website is, right? If you like, uh, establish the run. If you like Rotoviz, if you like fantasy pros, if you like whatever, go look at the rankings and stuff. And what happens on DraftKings doesn't align with where anyone in the industry, basically, you know, outside of maybe uh, something here and there, have some of these guys ranked. And so you get this situation where so many of these guys that we do like are really like just flat out mispriced, honestly. And so like I said, the Garrett Wilson thing, like it just makes no sense. He's underpriced in my opinion on underdog and drafters too, but you, you get that extrapolated times 10 on, on DraftKings. So you get a lot of, I'm just, I just picked Garrett Wilson as an example, but you get a lot of those guys just mispriced players. Like I said, not, and I'm not just using that, like my own, rankings and my own bias or anything like that go elsewhere across the industry they're going to say a lot of these players are mispriced so knowing in we know going in we know that the market is like fairly soft but there are a couple of those nuances a they are a little bit more running back heavy early than you kind of think that they would be given a full PPR format. But the other big thing is definitely quarterbacks. Quarterbacks go not always like it's also fluid. Every draft is different. Even way much more so than underdog. Every draft is different on DraftKings. As Rob said, he got uh chase seventh overall. Sometimes chase goes second overall. Sometimes he might actually fall a little bit further than seven. It's weird. It's all over the place. Um, the the guys who get memed into oblivion, like like Gabriel Davis or Trey Lance or whatever, sometimes they go way ahead of ADP. Sometimes they go around more than around after ADP. It's it's much more variant on underdog. But the one big thing I would say as a general macro takeaway is like quarterbacks quarterback thirst is very real on DraftKings, And so you, but you, so you do kind of need to know that going in. I think it was a uh, shout out up dog. Who's a, an awesome member of our, our discord community, which you need to go to. Um, no, I'm, we're going to, we're just going to put this up there. You need to go to join the free discord. If you are not in it, go to spikeweek.com, go to the top. There's a disc it just says fucking says discord. Click that button. You'll get in for free. The community is literally talking nonsense. They're probably talking right now because they're not watching me. Those fuckers. 
but like knowing uh updog had made a good point about like knowing how to navigate right on underdog sometimes we have to navigate the as pat kareen our, our buddy pat kareen has coined it the wide receiver avalanche knowing how to navigate the quarterback issues on DraftKings. sometimes it's fine sometimes the guy you get guys at adp whatever it doesn't matter but sometimes you get to x round and all like all these guys are gone that you wanted and you you were like oh i got this I'm set up for this Bronco stack. And my next pick is like at Russ's ADP. It's going to be perfect. Not wave son. Somebody takes Russ 20 picks ahead of ADP with no Broncos on their team. You know, it's a, it's, it's wildly unpredictable. And in general quarterback is the area where it happens the most. And so knowing that going in, setting yourself up, for we also know that stacking is very important, right? Not just for the playoffs, but for the season as a whole. And so knowing the fact that this draft environment is very quarterback thirsty, setting yourself up for flexibility around the quarterback position can be very advantageous. So that's, you know, you kind of have to test it out and and figure out how it's going to work in any, you know, like particular draft room or whatever. Uh, feel out your draft room and and kind of hope for a little bit of good luck, generally speaking, on uh, quarterbacks. But knowing going in that the entire quarterback market is probably going to be a little bit difficult to navigate relative to the other positions is important. Um, yeah, Bullock says, I've seen at least one Brady 101 on DraftKings, I guess that's the other thing. Thank you for saying that, Bullock. That's the other thing I would say about DraftKings is that, you know, it's not that there aren't crazy drafts and like crazy, crazy wild picks that happen on underdog or drafters. But generally speaking, on, on DraftKings, they'll happen way more often. You will hop into a draft and the fifth overall pick takes Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Or takes it seems to happen with again with quarterbacks more often. No, not there's not as many reaches for like Juju in the first. It's always a quarterback. It's weird. But you kind of get that you kind of get that weird uh you know, just really soft draft rooms. Like I said, the market is soft, ADPs are bad. You get I I, I don't I can't speak to why specifically that is. If people are just burning money, you know, uh I, I don't want to speculate on anything else. But there's there's just a lot more of that from a draft environment perspective. We kind of talked about um, Mookie says Mahomes 105. Um, Kyle also mentions that uh, Q, uh, I think QD, QD, QB ADP is actually falling over the last month on DK, but I would expect it to rise again when more casuals start drafting. I think that's a very, a very fair assessment. I do find that um, – one sec. I do find that – um, I like a lot of the QB prices actually on DraftKings right now, and I agree with you with your general assessment of this current moment. Um, I like I said, uh, I really I, I can't stop drafting Kyler because <laughs> you can get him in the sixth round sometimes. Uh, sometimes the QBs will fall. Josh Allen never falls really, but um, it's it's a it's a it, it's just a it's. Just, it's unexpected. There's a lot of values. Sometimes the QB room is crazy. Sometimes it's not. The draft environment is extremely unique. 
extremely unique on on DraftKings. Let's see, Bullock says, uh, I didn't proofread this, so hopefully this is not inappropriate. Draft room environment on DK is like some combo of your parents. Maybe one or two Justin... <laughs> okay, some combo of your parents, one or two Justin Herzigs, <laughs> your high school friends, and maybe a grandparent, and then you all in one room. I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. Tony says he's still getting so much Lance around pick 100. Um, shout out to you. That's that's impressive. I haven't. I'm still trying to. Uh, I'm still trying to get a lot of Lance on uh, on DK, but I haven't been getting him there as much. In my latest in my latest uh, DK DK drafts. Um, so anyway, contest selection. Well, I want I want to kind of buzz through these a little bit, and then we can get into the format specifically. Uh, the format specific talk. We kind of talked really, you know, I don't have a, a ton more to add about the context stuff, uh, contest stuff. You know, we talked about that. They have a lot of different offerings, right? And so <clears throat> that's important for all of us as, as players to understand that each contest is different, which we'll get into kind of some specifics that we can apply to those. But each contest is definitely different. And, you know, other than Tony, none of us have infinite money to throw to throw into this. And so how you go about attacking each of the contests which contest you want to play, right? You know, if I'm if I'm trying to uh, limit my spending a little bit more, that three dollar twenty max is really nice. If I, you know, ten only ten percent to first place, like that's a really nice tournament. The single entry is really nice. You know, the five dollar milli is a lottery scratch off ticket. I'm playing 150 into there because I want to try to win a million dollars, but I also know that honestly, I'm probably just going to lose. I'm I'm comfortable losing that. $750 that I, you know, will spend on that 500 or that 500, that $5 tournament because of, because of what the upside is. And I'm going to draft those teams anyway. So I want to put them into that tournament with, with a million dollar first prize. However, if I were like trying to like grind out, you know, profits and stuff, I would be playing these single entries. I'd be playing the $20 and the $25 MME. I'd be playing these other tournaments. And so looking specifically at each contest, and I would definitely be putting my 20 teams into that $3. I'd be, I would be, I'd be making sure I'm really focused on that contest selection um, on DraftKings. You have to identify your goals, right? What are your goals? Uh, what is your bankroll? What are your goals? All that kind of stuff. And so I, that, it's very important contest selection. Um, draft timing. So, Again, not not a not a very huge thing. Obviously, we're almost or almost to training camp already, so it's not like we can talk about like, oh, we should barbell, bro. Like, let's barbell. Like, it's fucking the middle of July already. We're past. We're still in the early stage of the barbell. People screw that up too. We're still in the early stage of the barbell, but like, you know, <laughs> it, we've missed the 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 whoever it was that said Rashad Bateman in the ninth round. We've missed uh, that that uh, really, really early stage of like super, super soft ADP. I do still think the ADP is very soft. However, the one thing about draft timing with DraftKings, um, uh, my former boss, uh, uh, who I talked a lot with best ball, especially last year on DraftKings, an, an assessment, and I also talked to Justin Herzig uh, from Establish the Run last year. Afterward, like we were talking about lessons in terms of when to draft and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, you want to draft a little bit on DraftKings early because of the ADP value type stuff. And we'll see how it goes this year. But you get so many more of the casuals 
into the late DraftKings drafts, you know, in August and September leading up to the season that if you're a skillful drafter, you can, you can get awesome teams, even though you may not get the Batemans in the ninth round from super early drafts. Excuse me. You can, you can like just absolutely dominate your drafts late because there's just a lot more casuals. There's a lot more, you know, Joe Schmo with a DraftKings account comes in. He's like, Oh, I'll, I'll try this. I'll try this. Uh, best ball, this best ball thing. As Paul says, yeah, like literally like I'm, I, I have to keep, if I want to get all my teams in that I want to get in, I kind of have to keep drafting over the course of the entire summer, but I am trying to be cognizant a little bit on DraftKings in terms of being patient from a draft timing perspective and like the contest where it makes the most sense to wait a little bit longer. I'm happy to wait a little bit longer. If that makes sense, if that makes any sense, the $5 Millie maker is like, I don't know. I, I just need to get my one fifty in. And um, if I can get lucky on a cam maker situation, that will be more beneficial to me than like a, a drafting against a couple more fish. But I'm, I'm trying to weigh those things on DraftKings like pretty, pretty uh, severely. <laughs> uh, Pious Devil says, what, <laughs> what is the wolf in the background standing on? Well, that's a, that's a, can you, that's a, that's a chair. That's a chair. And that's my, my dog. His name is Griffey. Uh, Mookie says, Barbell, do you know how hard it is to not draft teams in late July and August? Yeah, I agree. I totally, I, uh, I totally agree. So let's talk about the formats. Um, let's start with the, let's start with the $5, the $5 millimaker. My damn, something is catching on my AirPods. I should have never even went and tried to find them. It's driving me nuts. In the $5 millimaker, which we said is like a totally insanely unique tournament. Um, as you see here, 3.5 million in prizes with a five, $5 entry fee. Obviously, I posted this a while back. There's like, there's been like 250 entrants into it now, but the total of 837,000 teams will be drafted into this tournament if it fills, right? And it's on a pretty damn good pace. So uh, I'm not so sure there's going to be a lot of overlay if there is any overlay at all. So it's a massive, massive, massive contest. I kind of talk about that here, right? It's hard to put into words I, how, how big how big this is. Um, let me zoom in a little bit. It's hard to put into to words how big this is and um, the structure of the tournament, right? So we talk about, you know, if you draft on underdog or whatever, you, know, you get to the finals of Best Ball Mania and it's, for, what, 470 people make the finals. Take that and more than double it here in this. And so what's nice air quotes nice is right so top two advance just like just like most sites um and most tournaments the top two advance out of your 12 man draft group then you actually only get in for the next two rounds is only uh 12 12 man groups right now you have to finish first but you only got to beat 11 teams not a, not, not terrible it's not terrible however <laughs> Once you make it to the final, they've made the final huge, right? It's almost a thousand people. 
that make the final. So it's like, what does that mean? I, I, that means even once I get there, the the you know amount of people I'm going to be competing against is absolutely insane. And so I need to treat this tournament completely differently than any other tournament. A couple things I think we can do. One is I am drafting a little bit more early in this in this contest and foregoing a little bit of what I believe to be, you know, potential late drafting against fish, right? Drafting against the the casuals or whatever. Because I want more of my portfolio to have the potential to be supercharged from kind of chaos, like chaos, right? Some would call it luck, bullshit luck of the offseason. I want the Daryl Henderson teams when Cam Akers gets hurt. I want um, my, uh, you know, this didn't work. I want last round Marquez Callaway when Michael Thomas doesn't play for the season, as opposed to drafting all my teams later where I'm not going to get any form really of that insane value. You're, you're going to, you're going to get some ADP value because you're drafting against some bad players, but honestly, you're still drafting against bad players right now. And so only in this specific tournament, I'm definitely not using all my bullets in this early. But I do want to have early bullets in this tournament because only you know still only uh, uh, 25% of the field or whatever is going to have you know pre-training camp teams, you know, give or take 30% of the ter- of field or whatever. And so there's only so many teams that can have uh, that Daryl Henderson situation on their teams. And in this, I, I just need a supercharged team a a little bit more. Cause when I get to that thousand man final, there's going to be so many good teams. I need a little bit of that extra firepower to, you know, it's not, it's not like, I mean, you could draft a team on the last day and it win this thing, but I'm saying from a projection standpoint, from an upside standpoint, having a little bit of that superchargedness is help is a little more helpful in this because I got to beat a lot more people. And when you reach a final that has a thousand people, when you reach any of these finals, there's going to be a lot of overlap of players, right? Whether, you know, last year, Mark Andrews, Cooper cup, Jonathan Taylor, whatever, all those guys are, are have crazy high ownership in the final round. That's just like how, how this game works. You're going to have tons of overlap. So I need to find ways to if I hit on those guys, how do I change? You know, I, I don't, I don't only want to flip coins. I would love to be the favorite. <laughs> you know what I mean? As opposed to just flip a coin of like, oh, yep, it's my Cooper Cup Andrews JT team against everyone else's. And I'm flipping Tyler Boyd against Michael Gallup. Like, I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, that's what a lot of the teams are going to be. But I would love to, if it were possible for me, to find a way to have a little bit of more uniqueness simply from the time I the of of year that I drafted. The other thing, as I kind of talked about here, I'm not going to, you know, go into to all of it. I think, I think we should draft more zero RB teams. No, don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. 
I think we should draft more zero RB teams. Um, into this tournament, there's a, <clears throat> with that big of a final, there's there's inherent benefit to leveraging. There's only one type of player basically that can leverage against your opponents, right? Alexander Madison is direct leverage on Dalvin Cook. Down to Foreman is direct leverage on CMC, et cetera, et cetera. Tony Pollard is direct, le- direct leverage on Zeke. There's only one format or there's only one structure that maximizes that leverage. And as we talked about at the top, with the scoring of the site being very pass friendly, I can get the superstar pass catchers, the superstar wide receivers, the superstar tight ends, the superstar quarterbacks. And get all of those and leverage the field and build a structure that is definitely going to be more unique. Zero RB, even on DraftKings, is the lowest utilized structure. So I think, I, I think, again, don't shoot me. That's what we should, you should build more zero RB teams. In the in the, in the $5. The other thing is obviously week 17. We don't need to get a ton into, into week 17, but I would uh, absolutely be prioritizing week 17 correlation, but it would be as, uh, as Tony kind of says, the lack of people not doing the lack of people doing week 17 correlation will be smaller on DraftKings too. definitely agree. People, you know, underdog is where there's a lot sharper drafters and they're definitely doing week 17 correlations. There on DraftKings, people will be actively doing it less, and the benefit might even be better because you get full point PPR, right? If if uh, one team, if, if there's a shootout, you're getting more passes and more scoring, which is good in general. But there's also correlation on like it doesn't have to be a shootout; it could just be like I don't know the so the Bears play the Lions, right? The 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 uh, I'm not projecting this. The Bears score 28 points in the first it's 28 nothing at halftime deandre Swift so fields through three touchdowns to cole Komet in the first in the first half then deandre swift is down by 28 so the bears are you know playing this prevent defense and deandre swift catches 10 passes in the second half right obviously i'm making up whatever scenarios but those scenarios are more impactful from a pass catching perspective with the bonuses and full point pbr on DraftKings. So those little mini correlations are even more impactful on, on DraftKings, in my opinion. So let's talk about uh, the other contest. Because the other, con- you know, the, the $5 is really freaking crazy. So they have, as we talked about, they have multiple single entry tournaments, they have multiple high stakes tournaments, and uh, two other MME tournaments. I pulled in the payout structure. They're all very, 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 very similar. However, you can see the difference, right? I just showed you in that article this exact view on the $5 Millimaker tournament, and it's the, it's largely the same. Close enough. It's it's largely the same as the shovel. Pa- so the shovel pass over here is the 20, 20 or 20, whichever one of the 20 or $25 um, MME tournament. So we have a the bubble screen is a is a is a single entry, twelve dollars or fifteen dollars, entry fee. The double spy is a two hundred dollar, single entry, tournament. And then the shovel pass here is like I said, I think it's the twenty dollar or twenty five dollar. Somebody can correct me. It's a twenty or twenty five dollar um, MME 
So you can enter 150 times, right? It's a 300K prize pool. The uh, single entries, as you see over here, you know, so it's always the same thing. Top two advanced from that 12, 12 man group. But then, you know, in this, in this bubble screen, again, the top two advanced from that 12 man group. And then the top one advances from another 12 man group. And then it's a nine person final. So it's like a fairly similar first three rounds to the $5 Millie maker. It's pretty much the same except for the second round. But then it's only nine people. <laughs> you only have to compete against eight other people when you make that final. However, you get to the, the double spy. Same first round, obviously. Then it's only a six-person group. Top two from a six-person group. So top 33%. And you only have to finish over four other people in the second round. And then you again advance to a six-person group in which you have to finish top one way easier to make the final. And then it's still only a 10 person final in the double spy. Like those single entry tournaments are so different. Like, especially look at the double spy, the bubble screen is like, at least the first three rounds are close, but then the final is only, is only nine person. So how I would approach that is, I don't I don't have an issue with this, as Tony says, uh, uh, three QBs. I think that's totally fine. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to say that that's a, a must ne necessarily. But but what I would say is. I have zero care about uniqueness. We talk about uniqueness and stuff in all these other tournaments and these when we get to the nine person, 10 person, 20 person 30 person finals throw that uniqueness bullshit out the window. Don't ever even think about it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The uniqueness stuff only matters for the, the $5 millimaker where there's, there's a, a million entries, literally <laughs> 837,000 entries and a thousand in the final. You have to think about some of these kind of crazy things in these contests you absolutely do not the the other my favorite and biggest takeaway in these especially as it compares to the five so in the five dollar millimaker which i did not touch on and i should have touched on and in best ball mania three in the larger field stuff you have to get closer to hitting the nuts as you reach the final and what does that mean that means when I when I when I I draft Travis Kelsey in the first round, and then I I stack him with Patrick Mahomes in the fourth round or fifth round or whatever, I there's I I can't spend so much draft capital on that offense again. And some people will disagree with this for sure, but because I kind of need to hit the I need Travis Kelsey to be the first round guy. Not only for the season, but when we get to like, he's competing against all the other best players in fantasy. Obviously, he's a tight end, so it's a little bit different. But I need Travis Kelsey to be the chief, right? Obviously, I need the Chiefs to be good, but I need Travis Kelsey to be the chief. It's hard with only so much volume to go around for then Juju in the fifth round to be the best fifth round pick. 
So I, so I have to be much more price sensitive around these players on DraftKings or uh, uh, in the large field tournaments because, like, you take Juju over Gabe Davis or Allen Robinson or or whatever when you have Travis Kelsey. It's like, can Travis Kelsey be the nuts and Juju be the nuts with the with when I spent a fourth round pick on Patrick Mahomes? Like three of my top five picks are on the Chiefs, and I like the Chiefs. I'm drafting all those dudes. But the combination, it's kind of like in DFS. Like if I'm going to stack the Vikings and Kirk Cousins is 6,500 on DraftKings and Justin Jefferson is 8K and Adam Thielen is 7K and you know my bring, they're playing the Packers and Devontae Adams is whatever price. There's just not a lot of money left to go around and I need the elite production from the other games because it's not all going to come from that one game, right? Right, Jamar Chase goes nuts on the Bengals. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins wasn't you. You wanted Jamar Chase and Cooper Cup, not Jamar Chase. And I know T. helped you get there, but you didn't. Congrats, you got there and you got you got a min cash or whatever. It's this weird balancing act, and there's no perfect solution to this problem. But it's this weird balancing act in the large field stuff. Smaller field is is a very different ball game. If you want to onslaught an offense, be like, I'm making one bet. Give me the Chiefs. <laughs> now, you still you don't want to draft seven Chiefs. But like, if you want to take Kelsey and Mahomes and Juju and Sky Moore and then like take McKinnon late or something like that and just be like, the Chiefs are my bet. They're all underpriced. If the offense is good, rising tide lifts all boats. They're all gonna, they're all gonna be great. And I only got to beat eight people in the final. I don't have to be perfect. I just need the chiefs to be good. I got other players on my roster to only beat eight people beating eight people and beating a thousand people are wildly different, wildly different. <laughs> so that's a hundred percent. My biggest takeaway in the single entry, uh, not even just single entry, the, you know, easier to advance smaller fields, final rounds. I also think I'm not trying to do the zero RB thing again, but if you draft zero RB in the single entry stuff, I think it's pretty good. You want to talk about when it's a single entry contest, right? I think about it again from the DFS angle in DFS. People will say this, this is wrong, by the way, people will say this in DFS that like, Oh, it's, it's just single entry. So like enter your cash game team, but like make a little small pivot off your cash game team in the single entry. It's like, <laughs> I understand what people are saying when they say that, but it's actually the opposite. If if that's what everybody is thinking in that contest, everybody only gets to enter one team in that single entry contest, and every single person is like, I'm just going to play the best plays and make a small pivot. So you're doing the in this one contest, you're doing the same thing as everybody else. What you should do is actually go very far away from the consensus because now it just created this, it's an e even easier in the Millie Maker all everybody like every scenario is covered in the Millie maker in the single entry contest. If you just do something like just do zero RB, you don't have to worry about shit. You draft six chiefs, but do zero running back. Like you're unique. All you need is uh, the chiefs to do well. And a like one running back to get hurt <laughs> and like, boom, you win because nobody's willing to do that in the single entry contest. Because like, this is my only, this, like they treat it 
like a cash game type of thing. And that's the wrong thinking. It's actually, you should actually be thinking about what's the, what's the cleanest path for me to get first place is probably the furthest away from a cash game team as possible in this, in, in the single entry contest, because our, our opponents, it's a peer to peer game. All of our opponents are building something similar to a cash game structure. If they're all doing that, I want to, I want to do literally the polar opposite. Because it's it creates, especially in best ball, it creates the easiest path for me to get first place. By far the easiest, the easiest path. Rob says he went zero RB in the $15 single entry today. So maybe I changed my mind. Don't do a robust RB in the $15 single entry. Kidding. Bullock says uh, the $25 entry opened today. It has 23,000 entrants, 150 max, and a 27-team final. It's like a hybrid of the small field and multi-entry. Pretty interesting. Um, God damn it, Tony. Not Najee 101. I, you are going to get banned. Um, so that's, that's kind of the final thing is what Bullock says. What I will say is, you know, the shovel pass over here, as you see, is very similar to what Bullock said here with the $25 entry, you know, 20 K entrance or whatever. That one has a 2017 final. He says 20, yeah, 2017 final <clears throat> shovel pass here has a 20, 20 team final, right? F fairly similar, a little bit different than these, but I would be treating those MME contests closer to the single entry contest than the $5, right? And if you play, if you want to play in the, the, the $555 or here's a, here's a funny one. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I can share it. I'll just, let me, let me, let me just share and look at the, look at the, uh, <laughs> here's the luxury box, right? Obviously I know not everybody's putting $2,000 on one, on one best ball team. However, look at the look at this. So it's only 72 people, right? Obviously. It's a three team final round. So it's a still the normal 12, 12 man, two advanced, and then it's a 50-50. The 555 is again, of course, top two advanced from 12. One advances out of six, one advances out of five. And then an eleven person, an eleven person final, and uh, like eleven plates gets seventeen thousand. So you make the final, and you made seventeen grand, and it's the easiest one to make because you just you know one of the easiest ones to make because you need to beat five people, then beat four people after obviously advancing out of your group, and so. I'm not advocating for anybody to enter any of these or do anything like that, but it was important to talk about how truly how different all of the tournaments are on DraftKings and how we should think differently about all of these different tournaments because they're literally different games, completely different games. FF Doom says, how far would you lean into team stacking in the lower field stuff? I'm glad you asked that as a, as a start to a wrap-up is – I would absolutely lean into it. Can you hear the dogs are playing upstairs? This is how I know it's like my time to wrap it up. They're losing their mind. My wife is like trying to tell them to be quiet and they're they're like wrestling and chasing each other around, barking at each other. <clears throat> but I would, so I'm actually, if you've, if, you've, if you've listened to like some of my stuff at all, a lot of people in the industry will talk about like team stacking. They'll do like, 
Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. And they'll do it in Best Ball Mania. And I think my personal opinion is that's bad. I don't, I don't think we want to do that in Best Ball Mania. Or the five, I do not want to do that in the $5 Millie Maker because the scenarios in which Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard are the nuts passing wise, like the amount of passing that needs to happen for that. Like there's no way that Miles Sanders fits into that, right? Dak, CD, Zeke. I, I, I th- not only do I think that, I just flat out think that that's bad. Like I, I think I don't think you want to draft that team in those large field tournaments. As you as you asked in the smaller field stuff, I think you can do that. I think it's probably plus EV to do to do some of that. You make one bet, Eagles smash because you reach the final, and you got to beat eight people. If Miles if Miles Sanders doesn't make your lineup in a in a nine man in a nine-person final round, it's okay. You can still win if the Eagles crush. In best ball mania, if you made too many bets on the same offense and they they just can't all possibly get there together, right? Like the the Juju, I do Kelsey, Mahomes, Juju, CEH. Like they just can't all be optimal to get there. There's not enough fantasy points to go around. Even if they score 50 points, there's not enough fantasy points to go around. And so... However, like I said, in the smaller field stuff, that doesn't matter. I only got to beat eight people, 10 people, 20 people. I don't give a shit. I don't need the nuts. I don't need to score 300 points. I need to score like 200. You know, especially on, on a half point PPR. I don't, I don't need to score that many points. On DraftKings, I, you know, it's, yeah, I need to score 200, not 300. So it's wildly, wildly different. Um, this is another good one. Perfect example. Bill, just take the bills. Bill's offense is good. Your team's probably going to be good. Raises your floor in the regular. Obviously, if the Bills stink or Josh Allen gets hurt, your team is dead anyway. But in the small, in the large field stuff, I think that this kind of team is probably dead because you spent too much. Especially if you did dig. You know, you don't have digs on here, so I don't think it's bad. Um, I think this would this this would be fine or borderline fine in uh, in the five dollar. But like in in the single entry, it's like more than fine way more than fine to do that to to draft to draft that team um so anyway hopefully this was helpful from DraftKings. this is kind of a first run through some DraftKings strategy like i said we're definitely going to be doing some DraftKings draft streams definitely going to be talking about some more DraftKings stuff um i just feel like it's a it's a it's a space that is not covered enough across our our little best ball bubble and as I was really starting to dig into some of the teams, I was like, damn, man, like these are, these really are crazy. Like a did nine person final round, like a nine person final round. Right. Um, a, I think if you're at all taking this seriously, I would be entering these single entry tournaments like a hundred percent. I'd be entering that $3 20 max. I'd be entering these single entry tournaments. I think, you know, from a, if you, only want to spend so much money if you want to give yourself a shot at the crazy crazy uh you know monetary outcome the million dollars the five dollar millie maker is where it's at i think there's a lot of great offerings on 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 DraftKings, even if the platform is not perfect it's not perfect um 
I'm really upset to say that tomorrow, in case you missed it, I am doing another painful, painful um, draft with, oh my God, I'm doing another painful draft with Rob. Let me find it. I'm going to share my screen tomorrow at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. Hey, shh. I'm almost done. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, we are going to do another draft club with a twist where we're not eating hot dogs this time. We are going to do, if you've ever watched the show Hot Ones, where we're going to eat some chicken wings throughout the course of the draft that progressively get hotter, culminating in what we purchased of Satan's blood. It's actually not even a hot sauce. It's a chili extract. Um, that's going to be our, our final boss, if you will. Tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, we will be doing that. Hot ones. Yeah. Um, I, I am accepting all uh, helpful tips in terms of how to navigate this this thing so that I don't die. That's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, when Rob gets sick, I will, I will promise to, uh, to, uh, turn off his, uh, his, his mic yet. Uh, I, or I will turn off his mic this time. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, I will see, hopefully I will see all of you tomorrow for my own death sentence and, um, and Rob's, death sentence and and pain and misery and like i said we'll be back with a lot more with a lot more DraftKings talk over there over uh the coming weeks so i'll see you guys tomorrow peace